A's for Alcoholic is a program about recovery. My name is John, and I'm an alcoholic. And my name is Jerry, and I'm an alcoholic. Join us as we go through the alphabet of alcoholism one letter at a time. Welcome back to A's for Alcoholic. Um, welcome back. Welcome back. Um, we're we're in a little bit of a hurry today. Um, we're recording a day after we were normally going to record. Um, Jerry's got a parent-teacher conference. I got to go Hell yeah. cover a shift for a guy who's out there fighting fires in Geyserville right now. Um, everyone's okay, I think, for the most part. I don't know all of the updates. I'm sure it looks terrifying on the news, but um, we're okay in Sonoma. And um, so everybody's doing what they can, thankfully. And um, yeah. Everything will work out. So right. I say we're in a hurry, um, but I there's a couple things I want to say is that you guys all out there already know who our presenting sponsor is, Green Camel Press, uh, greencamelpress.com. T-shirts, greeting cards, Christmas cards, Christmas cards, Christmas cards. They're coming up, Jerry. Christmas. Are you ready for Christmas? I'm fucking ready. I love Christmas. <laughs> Are you ready dude. for Halloween? I love Christmas. Halloween is like, yeah. eh, I, but Christmas, is, I love Thanksgiving and Christmas. So speaking of Halloween, and if you want to see some uh, some pretty awesome Jerry and some pretty awesome costumes... Um, he, uh, I mean, he's got, you have a, you have a lengthy modeling career. You, you've done this before, I do now. Right? This is, yeah, yeah. This is, uh, this is the beginning of my portfolio. Yeah. Right here. Um, yeah. Not just modeling, acting. I'm an actor. And what's the, what's, where's it, where can people see you in your, uh, costumes? At, uh, coronancrow.com. It's my wife and her two business partners costume company renting out of Eugene, Oregon. It's, uh, coronancrow.com. At Instagram, but mm-hmm. it is actually C R O N E, the letter N, and then C R O W. Like so, like right. Cronin, Cronin Crow, like Cronenberger, except Cronin Crow, Cronenberg, Cronenberg, yeah. But Cronin Crow, that's where I'm doing it. That's where I'll I just show up. I've I seen... bring the talent, and then <laughs> I just it's awesome. I say I I say you're welcome, and then I leave. I think my favorite is either the steampunk or the what is it, the, the foppish <laughs> dandy. Is it the, the uh, I don't know the oh the like mid century yeah the, yeah pajama pants yeah uh-huh. steampunk. I was going for a real Willy Wonka kind of thing like yo let's ride my adventure train mm-hmm. into fucking yeah steampunk land. So um, check that out. Go see go see Green Camel Press and get some greeting cards. Um, mm-hmm. We are going to talk today. I know it's funny we're in a hurry because today P is for, I was thinking like P is for pee your pants and we could just talk about all the times we peed our pants, but. I never, I only peed my pants once. Well, Lottie fucking I love that long pause here. (laughs) Did I tell you I'm an actor? I have a higher class now than the rest of you drunks. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But we're going to do P is for patience. And I thought that that would be a good thing. Um, Yeah, that is it. But I want to read yeah. you some. Uh, I want to go into our listener mailbag. Oh no! Real quick. I hope it's it's positive though, because it's on the podcast, so it's got to be positive. R- that right. Oh no! Yeah. It's more like why is Jerry still vaping? And why I'm like, I'm not? It's <laughs> it was, just how I was... breathe. <laughs> that was episode one. That go was, ahead. It was. Um, so, this one's from Angela, and um, this was sent uh, on the seventeenth. It says, "Hey boys." I've been wanting to write for a while now to let you two both know how much I've absolutely loved listening to your show. Mm. During the past year, I have been deeply exploring my own relationship with alcohol, my relationship with myself, and working towards that fun, quote-unquote, decision towards sobriety. You know what I'm talking about. I'm currently 33 days sober, and the AIFA podcast has been an incredible support. Feeling wonderful and always looking forward to Friday, the down-to-earth real talk and way you share your stories and personal wisdom have helped me not only better understand myself, but also helped me to remember that I am not alone in this wild journey. For that, I am, I absolutely owe you my gratitude. Oh, and did I mention you two are goddamn hilarious? At least <laughs> wow, once a show. Thanks. I know. At least once a show, you can bet I'm smiling, laughing out loud. And that's absolutely the way it should be. Because if you can't laugh at it all, if you can't laugh at it all sometimes, what's the point? Anyway, John, Jerry, thanks again for everything. Keep up the awesome work and keep on being rad. Your newbie, sober friend, and patron, Angela. That's great. So, wow, man. That's, that's, 
That's touching. That so, is. That sounds sarcastic, but it's not. It's totally no. touching. And Angela, just so you know, the only time I did pee my pants, please, is I was very drunk and peeing into a hedge. You know, it was a full length, like six foot hedge, and I was half immersed in it, like that Homer Simpson gif, mm-hmm. you know, where he immerses. But it was like going into it, and I was peeing into it, and somebody I was with yelled, "Hey, Jerry!" And I turned around, and they threw a dead snake on me, <laughs> and I, <laughs> I fell through the hedge and peed all over myself. And came out the other side of the hedge and went, wow, what a miracle. It's an alcoholic miracle. I don't have to pee anymore. And then looked down and I had, I was like wet from the lap down to my knees. So, damn. So, yeah, pee could be for peeing your pants, but it would just be that one story. No, I, and I think that mine are countless, to be quite honest. Um, the others are beautiful epics written by Homer, like the Odyssey. <laughs> Actually, there was. Do you remember the Christmas laundry story? Or yeah, the poem you wrote I was this trying... stupid poem. Oh, I haven't even looked back like, at that. Yeah, so don't I... even worry. That's we're, that's in our rear view, man. Oh, but uh, just for those of you who are interested, um, quickly, I woke up Christmas Day one year, probably in like two thousand, I don't know, five or six or something, and I'd peed my pants and I was still drunk, and so I decided to write this poem called "The Christmas Laundry." And so I thought it was really big and epic and important and it was going to be this thing that and I wouldn't stop talking about it and so on and so forth. And I wrote it and rewrote it and rewrote it and really thought that this was going to be my um, my magnum opus. Yes, I think it's just in a box somewhere. I mean, I look at the hindsight of it now, though. You tried to write this large magnum opus where the whole hinge of the poem was that you peed your bed on Christmas Eve Mm -hmm. and then washed your sheets next to a lady who was also doing laundry at the laundromat on Christmas exactly. Day. And you're like, this is the hinge. And I was with you. I was on it. I was like, yeah. this is this is fucking genius, John. This is grit. This is real. This is gritty, gritty talk here. You know, and I think that I feel like it was that it's that whole it's that whole Bukowski aesthetic that I have often I often prescribed to. I loved the it. realness. The realness is peeing your bed on Christmas Eve. <laughs> and like, Ain't nothing realer than that. And like, why does it have to be, like, why, do, why, why is it that we in alco- active alcoholism want to the the realism of pain and suffering and like filth? Why is that attractive, or why do we why do we want to romanticize that? I don't know. Maybe we make that inward part of ourselves we reflect it outward and. I don't know. Like, like the like Angela said, sometimes you just gotta laugh at it, mm-hmm. you know. So I think that was our way of coping in that period of time. At least for me, you yeah, know, it was my way of coping with, you know, and I all wonder that stuff that was in me that was fucked up. I wonder. I mean, if that's all that I'm feeling, if that's all that I'm dealing with is like pain and suffering and like gross shit, like piss in the bed, then yeah then that's that's what i'm gonna write write what you know and so right, thinking exactly. i'm thinking i'm taking something that's i don't know i mean maybe it would have maybe it would have fit somewhere in a bukowski book in like 1969 60, yeah not in 2003 or two or no no yeah. it just seems like a really bad return for all of your effort <laughs> you know you put all your effort into this shit and all you get is like well i peed the bed i made someone sad mm-hmm. wow right yeah so i mean and i i i am much more grateful now for i'm grateful for having gone through that and i'm grateful for you know being able to look back and laugh on it and um yeah but i just can't imagine spending that much time on something that's so like what are you doing this weekend john (laughs) christmas laundry working on christmas laundry all weekend (laughs) And right, I, man. I think like later I tried to write a part two or something like that. Yeah, I don't even know. You just peed your bed on Easter. Uh huh. I left yeah. an Easter egg. In the- <laughs> <laughs> oh left no, it. no, no. Um, but yeah. So um, patience. And I was yeah. I was thinking about what is patience, and we talk about it. We talk about it as like a noun, as a thing we have, right? As a thing that we we own. We go, I like, I have, I have a lot of patience for him, or or he. You gotta have a lot of patience to deal with, mm-hmm. you know, Jerry. Like it's, yeah. and so, like sitting in something, and so patience. If I'm if I'm impatient, which I I found that I was 
absolutely impatient when I was drinking. Mm -hmm. Um, but it comes from resistance to the moment. Right. Right. So, so like, I'm not getting what I want right now. Ugh, I have to, I'm stuck in traffic. Fuck. I need, I need to get there and I'm stuck here and everybody around me is, is, you know, in my way. Right. Or, or when I was drinking, like, I just need to get a drink and you don't fucking understand how important it is. And I think it's mm-hmm. like that, um, that movie, was it? Don't worry. You won't get far on foot in the beginning where he right. gets the pint of tequila in the liquor store in the morning. And like, there's just that, like when you start, you think you can walk to the liquor store. That's on, only a quarter of a mile away. And you start to right. run because you're starting to fucking feel the, the withdrawal the and withdrawal the, uh-huh. and the fear and everything's creeping up like that creep up the spine. And so, um, it's like this thing that we have and it's, it's, it's resistance to what's happening right now because we, I imagine that I need to be somewhere else. I imagine that wherever there is, is far more important than where here is. Yeah. And I think that in finding acceptance in where I'm at right now at this moment i find the patience to just be you know yeah um and that's something that is still a struggle yeah um but resistance versus acceptance i think is. i like that take on it i really do because i have a different well not a different take but i like that take that resistance to acceptance Mine was always born of anxiety and I felt like it had a lot to do with control. Right. Okay. So like things weren't going the way that I had tried to manipulate them to go or how I wished they would go and so I would feel impatient. I still feel it now in recovery. I just it's not as intense and I'm more aware of it while it's happening. So I try to remove myself from the situation if possible, you know. But for me it was a lot of like this rising anxiety, like everything lines up in that domino effect where if like you had said about being caught in traffic and now I need to get from there to here and I cannot. Whereas, you know, my impatience had a lot to do with, I can't do this thing now that I need to do, or this person's not doing what I need them to do. And then that lines up all the dominoes where there's that chain effect where it's like, that's where my mind goes to. I'm like, well, if I can't get there, I'm going to be late. This client's going to walk out. I'm going to lose money. I'm not going to be able to pay rent. You know what I mean? It's like this, this chain reaction that rolls all the way down and it 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 for me it wasn't necessarily resistance although there were at times where it was resistance against what is happening in the moment i guess it is because i'm like pushing against what is happening instead of accepting and going with the flow or accepting my feelings of being frustrated and impatient in the moment and acknowledging them and then trying to figure out how to deal with them or how to you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. you know how to accept it acceptance that I think is might even be the other side of impatience maybe instead mm-hmm. of patience that it's I, I I I don't so I'll give again I'll give you another example um like with the wildfires and there's one that just happened last night that's happening yeah. not like it's like an hour an hour and a half drive north of me an hour drive mm-hmm. north of me so I'm not cur- currently affected but they right. shut our power off last week or the week before and immediately I start getting these little updates on my on my phone about when it's going to happen and they're not sure yeah. if it's going to happen. And mm-hmm. so there's and all of a sudden I go out to the store and everyone's buying every bottle of water and every bag of ice. <laughs> and there's a fucking line around the block for the gas station. Like, yeah. Be, and because everybody who went through this two years ago and there was this huge amount of anxiety and panic and smoke in the air and fucking like everyone's freaking out and I was too and I had to get I had to leave town and hopefully my house didn't burn down um and um so this time it was like okay I need to relax and it's just always trying to remember to look around you know the okay so there's nothing happening in the sky everything is actually fine the lights are still on they said they're going to shut off at midnight so why don't you go pull the food out of the fridge, put them in a cooler and, you know, get ready to go to your girlfriend's house who has power. And so everything's going to be fine. And she's always really good about like, well, John, what's happening right now? And I go, nothing. She's like, so 
so what are you going to do? Is there anything you can do about what's what you think is what you're afraid of? And I said, no. Mm -hmm. And she's like, okay, so, so then what? And I go, I guess nothing, you know, like, I guess, I guess everything's okay. (laughs) Yeah. And, and that's a good reminder of, um, you know, that idea that there's a certain level of mindfulness in being, in being patient and that wanting things like, I guess there's that, the Buddhist idea of, you know, desire is suffering or something like that. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm, it's like I'm, all of yeah. It's, I'm crudely yeah, exactly. paraphrasing yeah. here. You know, I don't. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know about the four pulled. I just talked about this path. the other day. Yeah, <laughs> but it's um, interesting you bring it up. But desire is is or desire creates suffering. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I right. want to be sober. I want to. I want to be good. I want to. I want to feel good. I want to be healthy. And so, if I don't, or if it's not up to what I think I should be then I feel bad about myself mm-hmm. instead of going, oh, are you better than you've ever been? I mean, are you better than you've ever been, Jerry? Hell yeah, <laughs> I'm know? killing it right now. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, I am. I have my moments, but yes, yes, yes. Generally, absolutely. On the whole. Right? On, the, On whole. the whole, yeah. Generally, I'm like, yeah, the ship is running correctly. Once mm-hmm. again, my nautical theme, but mm-hmm. the, I even we're even, man. Everything's gravy. You have, you know, you, we all have a few cranky moments and we all have these yeah. things that get in our, get stuck in our craw. Right. What's a craw? What is a craw? I don't know. It's like a claw, Crawls. but you take the R out and mash it in your face. I have mm. no idea. I thought craw was like your mouth. Or your butt. Your butt? Yeah, <laughs> but it really sticks in my craw. You're like, um, oh, look where you're sitting down. That's a dad joke right there. Mm-hmm. So, That's you know, you. like, like. Things are things are better better than they've ever been, right? And so, so you're you're talking about big picture shit now. Big picture Instead of focusing shit. on this one little thing that's inconveniencing you, which feels a lot bigger, like Princess mm-hmm. and the Pea, you know, feels like this softball when it's really a pea. You have to like zoom back and look at all of it and go, okay, my house might burn down, but it probably won't. You know what I mean? Like I have to leave, and I'm nervous. I think you and I get along so well sometimes because we're both people with systems. Even before we got into recovery, I think we both had systems in place. And I feel like I, I might be talking out of my ass, but I feel like when we both get our systems disrupted, it like really fucks us up. They're sure. Like, right. Where my wife has like no real systems in place. She just kind of experiences life. And when she, her little way of doing something gets fucked up, she just reroutes. She finds a new way around it where I feel like I hit that that obstacle and I'm trying to figure out every way to get through it when she just walks right around it, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like you're a similar guy. Like, you're like, oh, I got to do the podcast. I got to get this. Mm-hmm. I got to get this done. And now what? They're going to turn off my fucking power? Like, that's absolutely a uh, hole I would have gone down. We're at the point where I'd be mad at PG&E or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Calling them, being like, you blood-sucking motherfuckers, you know? And <laughs> CEO got a six million dollar bonus, and it's a private company that's got a monopoly on my fucking utilities. And I'm eating ramen in my car, (laughs) dry, eating a ramen cracker, listening to fucking Celine Dion because the cool radio station powers down. Exactly, seriously, man. Um, So I, I and I absolutely systems for sure. I didn't realize how much I I had systems. Even if they were flawed or they were right. they were working against me, I would have these systems that that were working for my drinking. Right, you know? absolutely. There, there. You had patterns. We both followed patterns, and our patterns would overlap a lot. So we would fall into each other's orbits a lot during mm-hmm. our act of alcoholism. And so, but and your drinking had a different pattern than my drinking. They just really synced up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And it would be like, yeah. okay, well, or you'd say like, hey, here's somebody who will. Here's somebody who will drink with me. Here's somebody who will who will get on my same level, who will who will sink to my same level, you know? Right. And so like let's let's sync up. Let's find a way to mm-hmm. sync this up, you know. And of course it's gonna go off the rails and we're gonna go on our own strange path at the end of the right. night. But because that's all raw emotion at one point. Mm-hmm. There's no there's no logic whatsoever. You know, you and, lose it at a certain point. Yeah. And those systems, you know, become you you become dependent on them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's very true. And I realized, oh, I need structure. I need systems. And so this recovery thing and these steps, like, oh, it makes sense. Okay, just follow these steps. And then I don't have to think right. about it. 
I think mm-hmm. the same thing. And oh, man, I'm going to bring up fucking counting calories again. I but... was actually going to talk about you being physically fit. So go ahead. Cause I think well, it fits well into the system. So like those systems, right? So, um, count my calories. I got to get my, got to get my run in. I got to burn my calories so I can have enough because I want to be able to fucking eat the whole personal watermelon, you know, and, or whatever personal it is. Personal watermelon. Well, like like little a little mini? tiny. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'll eat. I didn't like know it was called a personal water, like a pan pizza. <laughs> like a pretty, it's a personal <laughs> pan, pan watermelon. watermelon. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm not one for grilled fruit, but I guess you could grill it up like a, you could cook it. Like I that. think grilling watermelon would be disgusting, but yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Don't know. Uh, hot watermelon. But, but so I just celebrated four years with Rashida and we had our, our anniversary, which was Congratulations. cool. Thank you. Wait, so did you get together with her right in your early recovery then? Yeah. 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 And I, I breaking the rules. It was man. really it was really hard on that. both of us. It was uh-huh. it was it was rough because I'm surprised that she was there for a lot of that like coming home from my you know, my meeting my sponsor and fucking being in tears and and yeah. like just being a mess and so um there was a lot of I think there was a lot of codependent behavior in the beginning. I think there was some, you know, as we were both trying to extricate ourselves out of that codependent behavior. Right. Um and I, 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 there was definitely some times where I, it's possible that we were going to walk away from each other, you right. know, but we didn't, um, but what are you going to do for your anniversary? So I we did, not. we went to the spa, we, you know, we stayed yeah. home, we, we cooked, we cooked dinner. Um, but so we turned off our phones, mm-hmm. we just turned off our phones for like a day and a half and nice. didn't, didn't, wow. yeah, I'm telling you, man, like your days get longer and wider and I'm not like scrolling on shit or worried about news or podcasts. I mean, you should still listen to this one, but, um, so it was awesome, except I couldn't log in my food. Now I could go back and log it in, you know, a day later or two days later, but I started to get like this anxiety and I was like, yeah, well, I can't log it in. Then how will I know? And like, well, this won't, you mean this run won't count? And I was like, that's kind of stupid and fucking, that's bullshit, right? <laughs> but like, I can relate 100% because your system now has been compromised. My and sy- now you need patience to deal with your system being compromised. So what I learned over this last week was, um, one, to kind of trust how I felt about things. So I was like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to go... Like I went for a run without my headphones, which was crazy, right? Because I don't, I don't, I don't do that. That I still haven't done that. That's crazy, wow, <laughs> right? And I that was like, well, weird. what am I? I'm gonna give myself a task to go do. So there were these two lottery tickets that I had been sitting around that I won, and I was like, I'm gonna go run down to the Seven Eleven. I'm gonna go cash in my lottery tickets, yeah. Um, and then I'm gonna run around the park and I'm gonna run home. So I did that and I got home and it was like, I don't know, 30 minutes, probably around two miles. It might have been more. And I was like, okay, so that felt kind of like two miles. I'll, I'll definitely have to clock it and make sure and see what it is next time. But mm-hmm. um, and then, you know, I didn't I didn't log in my dinner either. And it was it was fine. Like I didn't it wasn't the end of the world. I didn't, you know, worry about whether or not I was going to lose that one seventh of a pound um, yeah. and and whatever else. So it was kind of a relief to know that I could trust myself, that I could relax and have that, you know, that level of patience and not have to like rush back into logging everything into my phone. And, yeah. And, and that the systems have been working so that when, I mean, that's the point, right? That's why we build up all these tools. That's why we build up all these things, right? That's why we, yeah. we create all these things so that when the shit goes down, when things start to go haywire, we don't we don't lose it and go for a drink right that's exactly what it is so right so you went from the dry run to the wet run mm-hmm. so it was so always, in a matter of speaking yes it was yeah it was the, yeah but this is this is what i'm trying to learn all patience and all these fucking podcasts we talk to each other about this stuff is these are the tools we are trying to learn for yeah when the shit goes down when you're when your schedule changes or even worse than that when there's this massive life event so you know, cause life, yeah, like it just, fire? it's just it's like a fire, you know, or <laughs> some great traumatic thing that you feel like your only tool for coping is to drink again mm-hmm. or to get fucked up again, you know? And I don't know, man. 
I that mean, just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. I see lots of people in these rooms, right, and who have 30, 40 years, 20 years, 10 years, and they always tell you one day at a time. But I'm like, that dude right there has experienced a shitload of life in 15 years. Mm-hmm. Like life, wild shit has happened to that person, and they did not drink. So I kind of look at them and go, okay, that's someone I need to kind of listen to every once in a while. Not every word they say, but pick up the, pick up those little subtle things that they use. You know, those are the things I need to pick up from other people. Yeah, man. You know? I, mean, I guess what is what are the thing they say? If you like, again, I don't want to promote anything, but um, if you want what we have, right? So it's like. Right. So if you don't want what I have, then don't look toward me. But if you find somebody and you go, I really like the way they're they're living life, right? Mm-hmm. So that's that's when I reached out and you know found that's how I found a sponsor, was somebody who I was like, I really like the way that guy carries himself. I think I right. need to go find out how he does that, right? And that's what that's what you know spawned me to go talk to somebody else and actually spend right. time trying to create my own system because what's the other thing they say this is a suggestion this is all just a suggestion for you know recovery right right? Mm -hmm. and you don't have to do any of this shit um right and what we talk about is more a rough outline of that's i mean it all is right i'm not gonna talk about the church of aa here because i'm just taking what i can use out of it and cobbling that together and talking to you and Mm -hmm. do you know what i mean even talking to friends of mine who are just non-alcoholics you know and there's all these little things you just got to pick up in your life and once again it's all part of my self-made system that has been stealing liberally from other systems you know yeah yeah i i mean i can't imagine having to do things like exactly as somebody else does them because it wouldn't work for me it wouldn't work my Mm -hmm. my schedule is not the same as your schedule my my demeanor's not the same, exactly the same as yours. Although we share mm-hmm. a lot of the same, um, we share a lot of the same emotional triggers, probably. Um, yeah, I think fear, so, yeah. anxiety. Um, we we both have had in the past this way of being um, very socially like outgoing at certain times. But yeah, uh, you know, I've come to find myself as much more of an introvert than I ever thought. Because yeah. I'm like always, oh, I was always doing this like outgoing fun stuff, but it was always, it was always fueled by the alcohol. Yeah. I find myself going in the opposite path actually now. Whereas I like, kind of like doing things with people. Mm-hmm. Kind of. Depends whether or not I have control of it. See, once again, mm-hmm. there's that whole manipulative kind of pathology of. Like, what do you mean? I don't even like know if it's, it's just addiction or alcohol, but. Like a party like contr- or. Yeah, like if I'm throwing the party, I'm stoked. If I have to go to your party, I'm kind of excited, but I'm kind of nervous too. Mm-hmm. But I think lots of people feel that way. But then, like even going to shows, I remember when we both, when you flew down here to see Mike Doty, and my wife was driving me there, and I like damn near had a panic attack just to go see a guy play music in a record store. Do you know what I'm saying? Like just being out around people. But then there are other times where she's like, Hey, let's go to this after school party with all these teachers. And I'm like, fuck yeah, they got good cookies there. So I'm going to be there, you know? Yeah. You know, just roll in and be like, hey, I'm here to eat candy and bust nuts. (laughs) (laughs) Right? I think just high five the PE teacher. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about, bro. You know, dude. (laughs) Um, What do you like in that? You were talking about that, that nervous feeling of going to see that show. And I was really nervous. Well, I was nervous for a lot of reasons. Like, so I, yeah, same here. I was in this new relationship and Mm -hmm. I was sharing it with these old friends that knew me as drunk and sloppy and weird. And, um, and also, although I had spoken with you over that past year and a half, and we had started doing some reading together and we had like done we had done this like FaceTime thing where we talked, I think, at that point. Um, I was nervous because I was like, I haven't seen this guy in person in years. And well last drinking time. buddy, right? Right. Like, you're like one of your closest drinking buddies. I mean, I wouldn't say I mean we were all very close when we all drank, you know, mm-hmm. our little circle, but you know. Yeah. 
I felt the same thing. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No. But yeah, but, that was our connection was we're both sober now and we used to get fucking hammered together. Hammered. Like Yeah. I was I had a I had a moment the other day where I was thinking about like how drunk I used to get and like it gave me shivers and I guess that's a good sign where I was like, Ugh. Right. Like yeah, fucking embarrassed hangover. a little. Ooh, yeah, like and a little embarrassed. Shame. But yeah. I remember we couldn't even meet like at the hotel or we couldn't meet at your house. We had to go straight to this show. So now right. we're like walking in the record store and I'm like, hey, what's up, buddy? Well, all right. yeah, hug, I guess. Like, it's <laughs> what's been... up, sober friend? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like... been fucking four or five years since I've seen you. and Right. Um, had it been that long? I guess it had. Huh? Because I was so I went to go get some. I went to go get massage and some body work and I had this guy like ring out my back and my feet and shit. Like he does, uh-huh. he does some hardcore stuff. And, um, he's like, so what's up with, you got a tattoo on the bottom of your foot. It stayed, huh? <laughs> it's yeah. still there. Yeah. And that was like 2012. Is that the 13? one that says established or whatever? Yeah, it says established in 1977 and Jerry gave me this tattoo in the living room. And so Drunk. I think that might have been the last time was that trip. That was 2012. I think yeah. so. Right. And so then that trip was like, what, 2015 or 16 or something? 16? 16, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was the last time I would saw you and we were both drunk. And then I got sober in 2014. Yeah. And you followed right after in 2015. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of anxiety. There was a lot of anxiety there. Because, I, yeah, same thing. A lot of emotions because I was like, fuck, dude. Like, this is my fucking homie that I used to get blackout drunk with. And I've done some embarrassing shit in front of this dude. And some shit, I, even during, while being drunk, I was ashamed of, you know. And, mm-hmm. and we still talked. But, yeah, it was it was weird to be out in the wild. It's always weird to <laughs> exactly. be out in the wild, though, as a sober person. It really is. I, Sometimes, like, I was joking with somebody the other day at the tattoo shop. And I don't really talk. I talk about recovery a little bit, right? I was joking with somebody about, oh, they were asking me about whether or not I had, I don't, some question about drinking, about mm-hmm. alcohol. And they're like, do you ever blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, I remember I used to get up sometimes. I'd wake up at three in the morning and take a shot of whiskey so I could get back to sleep again because like I'd be so hungover. Or I, like, I remember when I was alone a few times, I would just keep a pint next to the bed and just take a slug, you know, and wake up at three in the morning, take a slug so I could fall back, like calm myself. And everybody in the room like gasped, like they were all shocked like that. And I was just like, what? And I looked at these two girls, I'm tattooing this 19 year old and another 19 year old. And I'm like, just so you guys know, I'm total fucking alcoholic, by the way. And then they both kind of laughed like nervously. And I'm like, oh, I don't drink anymore though. But mm-hmm. and it, like, it was like, it was weird, man. I was like the alien in the room. I shouldn't have said that shit out loud, but I was just like trying to relate. They're like, yeah, you, you drank a beer in the morning, right? And I'm like, fuck, bitch, I'd get up at three in the morning, take a shot and then be like, Oh mm-hmm. man, maybe I shouldn't uh, maybe busted I shouldn't that shared. one out. Yeah, I mean, I think it's really great that <clears throat> I've been able to share these things, and like you, even you get into a room of people, and that's mm-hmm. what people are willing to share about, and you're like, oh my god, I had no idea. Um, <clears throat> but really, I mean, that's that's much more important to me, and that's much more valuable to me than any right. sort of small talk. And so right. we do tend to overshare in mixed company. <laughs> right. It's not like I go to like this parent-teacher conference. I'm not going to go shake my daughter's teacher's hand and be like, hey, Jerry, big giant alcoholic here. Nice to meet you. I'm a big-time fucking drunk. Good to meet you. Hi, my name's you know, Jerry. Like, I'm I don't an alcoholic. Do Hi. I'm... <laughs> Sometimes I worry that I'm going to do that like – Whenever I have to introduce myself anywhere, like in any other meeting, that's not a fucking AA meeting. Mm-hmm. Hi, I'm Jerry. I'm an alcoholic. Good. Nice to meet you. Better hide that fucking cooking sherry. I'm going to fucking strip down. But even at the school parties, all that shit, like, yeah, I don't do that. It just at, at work, I guess I'm more comfortable. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what the point was with that. I guess it's just, I don't know. I was just thinking about the anxiety of meeting you for that first oh, time. Oh, right. After, exactly. And um, we had to have some patience. We had to trust sure. I, I like looping it back into it mm-hmm. when we're just organically follow this conversation but <laughs> we just have to kind of trust in it right you just well, have to kind of trust and if it goes tits up then it goes tits up and we we fucking cope with that and deal with that i know? was like what if we're not cool anymore what if like you know it's fine that we've been talking on the phone and doing this thing right. for like the last year but like what if we get together and and not like we're gonna have it's not like we have to fucking live in a house and whoever whoever leaves first loses a million dollars or something. You know what right, I mean? Exactly. It's not like a reality right. show, but mm-hmm. it was just like, what if we're not as close as I thought we were? Or you know what I mean? What if we don't get along anymore? Or whatever it is, yeah. right? So, um, 
but that was my big the case. worry was more of the trigger too. Like, mm. yo, what if me and him hanging out? We're like oil and fucking fire. Let's go you get know, some drinks. Just yeah, hey, what is this whole thing we're doing? Let's go get some drinks. You know yeah. what I mean? Even you just saying that right now lights a little LED, a little tiny wig mm-hmm. bulb in the back of my head because I've heard you say that to me so many times, and I'm like. Yeah. yeah, let's go get some drinks. Sounds fucking tasty, man. <laughs> Sounds yeah. great, man. It is, yeah. But, mm-hmm. but I was glad it wasn't like that. It wasn't like that at all. I was like, we just now exist in this different form. You know, we're the same people. We just have shed the exoskeleton. Mm-hmm. We got walk s- around that same skin. We just sat on the couch and bullshitted like we usually do. And uh... we sat in a hot tub. Me and oh, that's you, right. And your girlfriend and my <laughs> wife in a totally non-swinger manner. Which I'm glad that all four of us could sit in a hot tub and it wasn't creepy. Yeah. And I wasn't just like, so, like the way you put together. <laughs> right? Rashida, like yeah, what you're working you know? with there. What do you say? So does Megan. Uh... Megan likes what you're working with, too. Mm-hmm. Let me get some oysters. <laughs> so if you want if you, if you you want what we have, <laughs> and you're willing to go to any lengths. Or get into the dirty hot tub with us, uh-huh. yeah. Um, I'll be so, eating chicken. So what do you think about having patience for your friends or family members or people you know that still drink like that's a hard one like how do you like say there i mean i don't know what your circle is and i know that your family is very open about alcoholism but like how do you go about i mean either approaching somebody who you may think has a problem or being patient with somebody who has a problem who i don't know contacts you drunk or right I haven't had really anybody contact me drunk. Most of the people I run into that are drunk are usually just Eugene Wild people on the street. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I've been in close like working relationships with people who are active alcoholics and people who drink really heavily. And it is hard for me. To, I don't outwardly act aggressively towards those people. Well, one of them is sober now. It, you know, like even the people I know now who drink a lot, even if they come into work hungover, there is a judgment. There's an absolute mental, real tight way down below. Like I try not to, because that's not, it's fucked up for me to even judge. Like, I'm like, who am I? You know, there, but for the grace of God, there's my hangover, you know, but there is a tight little judgment voice. That's like, mm, wouldn't be so hungover if you didn't get so fucked up last night, mm-hmm. you know, but I, I, I tend to try to deal with those people with more patience. I feel sorry and not in a way that I'm above them looking down. I feel sorry because that's me. And I remember how much I was hurting and it hurts me. You know, even fucking homeless people that annoy my ass and are being pushy and rude and being Eugene homeless people that are drunk. Like I'm annoyed at initially pissed off. But then when I sit down and think about it, it like makes me sad. I'm like, damn, dude, that's you, Jerry. Like that is looking at the man in the mirror. Mm-hmm. asking him to make a change mm-hmm. you know it's like true yeah it hurts my heart but my mom's family you know on, on on her side of the family a lot of them still drink some of them are alcoholics you know and once again i i don't really come in a lot of contact with them but i feel sorry i feel bad and not sorry like once again i have to reiterate not sorry like you're pathetic and pity i feel them. you're pitiful no it's not pity it's like heartbreak because i know it because i know that shit i know it really well and for you to have to go through that jungle of shit and get shit jungle juice on you that's whack dude Mm -hmm. shit jungle juice shit jungle juice i 2020 (laughs) (laughs) i remember so this this popped in my head um i was at work and i work in a restaurant and restaurants are often places where a lot of people come in hungover there's a lot of oh yeah there's a lot of all that business and these two people were talking and it was like something about the one guy, like they were giving him a hard time about being hung over at work. Mm-hmm. Like it was busy or some, something happened. Right. And I was, I thought my first thought was like, yeah, man, what are you doing? Fucking hung over at work. Like I didn't come mm-hmm. here to deal with your hungover ass. And like, why do I have right. to pull your weight? And then I had this other memory of years before. So like 2010 working in a restaurant and this woman saying something very similar about somebody else to what I was thinking, that idea of mm-hmm. like, I shouldn't have to come in here to deal with your fucking hangover. And I, my, my thought back then was like, hey, man, easy. Like, that's just part of the fucking gig. Like, some of us are hungover and some right. of us are going to. Wait, gonna was this a customer or was no, this a co-worker? No, this was a co-worker. This was all. Oh, okay. Yeah, so this was a co-worker. Right. You're like, let the good times roll, baby. What's yeah, up? right. I was like, yeah, have a <laughs> shot of Fernet. Everything's fine. Like, we're going to get. Right. Th- who cares, man? This is just, it's just food and Bev, bro. Like, right. we're, we're going to mm-hmm. be fine. 
So I was, I've been on both sides of that. And, um, I find it, I want to reach out to, there's, there's one person in particular that I'm, I'm close to that we are friends with that I'm close to here in California. And he's definitely, um, I mean, it's, it's a each, it's up to each person if they're an alcoholic or not. Right. We say that a lot, uh, Mm -hmm. or at least for them to choose to, to get help. And like, I want to say something, but I don't think there's anything I could say to change their mind about right. their behavior. So, right. like, I don't know that they listen to this podcast, and I don't know that they look at me as any kind of example. I mean, I hope mm-hmm. so. But I keep trying to find moments where I might be able to bring something up related about, like... Oh, here's a benefit I got from being sober, rather than right. But th- then, is that manipulative, though? I don't know. Yeah, probably. I mean, <laughs> for the, I'm for, the, the hard for the greatest for the greatest I'm benefit on my of throne my friends, of Yes, right. You know, I, I <sighs> and I think you know who I'm talking about. I don't want. I imagine so, but you can always frame it under concern. Like, hey, are you okay? You know, you seem not okay to me. Are you okay? Yeah. Do you need anything? You know, I've, I I think of my dad, right? My dad always says, you don't want to like, you don't want to judge. You don't want to come from a place of judgment. You always want to come from a place of empathy, you know, because mm-hmm. then the person's more receptive to things. But you can't make anybody do what they don't want to do. You mm-hmm. know? And if that works for them, then that works for them, you know. But it is good. You can always show concern, I guess. I don't know. I know you're not asking me for advice and I'm just, well, I mean, I'm kind of throwing I mean, that shit out yeah. there on the pod, but. Um, I think too, like, especially when you're close with people and guys, men in specific are very like talking about that shit. (laughs) We don't like talking about it. What am I fucking pussy? Uh Of course I'm okay. Yeah. Are you okay there? Yeah, exactly. So there's all that kind of stuff. And so it's like, um, which is so lame. (laughs) And it's, and what do we say? What do we say in response? Yeah, I'm fine, man. I'm just fine. I'm fine. Yeah, I'm all right. It's just a little rough. Can't pay my rent, whatever. Yeah, exactly. You know, not like, yo, I can't, you know, or what did we used to, what was the joke? Like code would always be like, yeah, man, I'm just, just going through a rough patch right now. And it's just going through a rough patch that lasted like like 12 years. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I remember the rough patch, the rough patch. It was like, we'd always laugh because we were like, that is the biggest patch. (laughs) Is that a pumpkin patch? Fucking seriously. Um, but yeah, man. And I just, I, I guess I look, yeah, you're right. I mean, there is a certain level of manipulation where I look for things where I can like. And also, I'm not trying to call you out on no, your no. shit. I'm just thinking about it like, are, are you, if you're trying to push the path to have this person take the path you want them to take, as far as conversationally, you might as well mm-hmm. just put your fucking cards out on the table. Well, and but what is I'm the, also guilty of it as well, though. So, what is yeah. the fine line between. Um, being helpful and supportive and being enabling mm-hmm. i mean do i need to go to an al-anon meeting to figure that one out like i think so right because i don't have the end helpful and supportive <laughs> and enabling i mean there's like because I, I don't have a lot of close relationships with people who are openly in active alcoholism or openly in active addiction mm-hmm. you know so i haven't really been in that position people have come to me and asked me what i did and i tell them what i did but i don't tell anybody what to do really well no it's not true i tell olive to do shit all the time but i don't tell like other people what to do with their addiction you know Mm -hmm. or their uh, alcoholism it's weird i guess your best bet and anybody else out there in this position what i'd probably suggest doing is just once again just showing concern and saying you don't even have to bring up the drinking really necessarily be like hey you've been drinking a lot more than usual or Mm -hmm. hey does every day feel like the day before over and over (laughs) again to the day you fucking die you know Right. Feel like it's just the same circle you're walking in you just throw mm-hmm. up every once in a while you know maybe pee yourself in a bush yeah yeah I, just I be like are you all right you okay like sincerely are you okay like you seem not okay you can always say hey i've been not okay too i get it or, yeah yeah but you know i know people i know other men mm-hmm. i'm fine i'm not going to fucking aa with you dude <laughs> you know that's exactly what's gonna happen i'm not going to your fucking cult knock it off like all right well you you're not you're not done earning that chair yet, are you, there, buddy? Yeah, I'll, like, I'll get it for you, but you know. Yeah. And besides, in cults, people do what you tell them to do. I love that. Joke. Right. Um, That's how I know AA is not a cult because nobody does what you tell them to do. Right. I just um, you know, it's and it's funny because speaking of this particular person, um, who sometimes and I, 
again, I, it's not from a place of judgment, but they can be flaky or there'll be things where it's like, we're going to organize something, go do something and like either cancel or push it back right. or be like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Let's do it at two. And then it's not like, it's like seven o'clock before I hear from them. And I tell mm-hmm. my girlfriend this and, and she's almost like, she's like appalled. She's like, I would never fucking accept that from any. And I was like, I get but it. We all did that but, to each other. Though. But we did that to each other and all the time. That was normal. Constantly. Coda was supposed to pick me up from the fucking train station in Seattle. I'm holding this resentment. It's like 10 years old. He was supposed to pick me up at nine. He never showed. I called the house six times. He just slept through it all. I was like, really? We had just talked about this last night. Anyway. Yeah. There's, calling there you, you out, Coda. He's not even, doesn't even listen to podcasts. I'll send Coda, this one to him. He just barely got a phone above a flip phone. Right? He's, yeah. He's barely online. Um, so yeah, man, like I just that I'm I'm a little more sympathetic and empathetic toward that behavior, I guess. And also right. I don't let it get to me where I'm like, I don't I'm not like waiting by the phone. I'm not no, I go I go, but you know. You have what? plans made and things are being this fucking with your uh your systems. And I think that at one point he or they said something uh to me about like, oh well, you know, shit happens and things change and you know i don't mean to get you know something about my schedule or something like that you know for mm-hmm. for you know such and such and blah 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 you got such a rigid schedule and i said well i just i have a lot of things going on and you know and right and i i don't we didn't hey, get into too much of a fight but it's not your fault that someone else is being flaky to you right you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like you're not allowed to have a schedule yeah Anyway, so. yeah, we can parse this out all day, but uh, just you know that it's not your fault that you have a rigid schedule. And mm-hmm. you're a flexible guy. You and I have had to reschedule numerous times. We had to reschedule this very podcast Today. right here. And I was like, oh shit, I'm going to be late to this thing, but I'm I'm not going to be late. But I'm like, I got to just let John know. Like communication. Mm-hmm. Hey man, I am way too fucking hungover to <laughs> fucking do the thing we need to do today. That would you know? be fine. I mean, I am. Yeah, you'd I be like, that. hey. Go with God. Good luck, you know, like, but yeah, it's not your fault that you have the schedule. Mm-hmm. That's weird. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It's, it's not weird. I don't mean to be judgmental. See, this no, is where the just, fangs I'm, come out. In the I'm pod. not bringing you Gatorade and ibuprofen. You're going to have to get that on your own. But Right. Yeah. Go get that can of chicken soup. Make that walk down to the liquor store with the Italian food. Uh-huh. Get a meatball. Um, But yeah, man, I mean, patience is something that... um. I also it, part of it is like the mindfulness and being and 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 checking in with myself. It's very much to do a mindfulness. I I agree with that. Yeah. We talked about it. One of the first shows was about the hungry, angry, lonely, and tired, and that sort the of halt. like yeah. Halt. Take a moment. Pa- stop. Pause. And like, okay, what's what's up? And why am I being impatient? And why am I? Why am I? Am I fucking hungry? Because mm-hmm. I thought about it the other yesterday when I was like, I could probably be home by seven and assuming there's power in the house, we could do this. And I was like, I got to go get food. Like I can't drive. Right. I can't spend a, I can't spend 75 minutes in traffic without any food. Like I just can't. And so I was like, mm-hmm. fuck it. I'm... So being able to take care of myself before I can take care of somebody else. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And you texted me too. And you're like, well, I can probably make it back do you still want to do it and it was like eight o'clock and i was playing conan exiles like four other people and i was fighting this giant snake man and i was like no man we'll just do it tomorrow because i gotta kill the degenerate and learn the serpent man armor did you get and i learned the serpent man armor hell yeah serpent man weapons i got serpent man daggers what is a serpent man saying serpent (laughs) serpent man i don't know i just know they do more damage oh okay thus concludes the video game portion of this (laughs) although uh there's a great game coming out next next week or in a couple weeks called death stranding that looks super fucking fun what about with uh, that? norman reedus from the walking dead oh really yeah he's naked in it a few times too so you nice. know a little, little candy wow yeah a little reedus candy <laughs> a little reedus candy yeah what about that untitled goose game have you heard about this one i've heard about it but i don't know if they have it for console or not no. if they do i'll probably get it and let olive play it, it looks funny as it fuck looks really have you funny. seen some of the it's just some the, the goose footage like, of it. trying to steal a boot from some guy. And... Yeah, and throw it in the lake. Like everything is like you just steal shit and throw it in a lake. That's <sighs> fucking hilarious. I would, I would do the Untitled Jerry game where I just come to your house and steal shit and go throw it in a lake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or um, on the roof. I think too that it, patience is one of these things. I'd be, 
unless we're unless there's more to talk about the video games, but no, not really. No. I mean, I just got that Serpent Man armor. I, I think it's another thing that it's like it builds momentum. You know, it builds like a muscle. Like it's like this thing mm-hmm. where I go, okay, if I can be patient for this one thing, now I have a little more patience, and I kind of build on it. Like it's a little pebble, and I roll it around, and then it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, and I have more to. It's like a well, filling up a well with water. And I have, as I keep filling my well up so that when I need it, I can go get water. Yeah. You know? For me, at least. Like, it's something that if I practice patience. So it's this thing that I continue to practice and I'm not always good at. And sometimes I snap and then I have to. Then I have to, because of these these rules or these these systems i go well why did you snap john well what were you mm-hmm. lacking and so making sure right. that i am, yeah that i am constantly full and and comfortable so that i can be of service to others you know look at that how about service that service to others yeah i mean i try i do my best i mean we do it we do it we do it every week and i mean i'm right you do it for your family all the time and i'm sure that I, yeah i never think about it that way you have to bring it up when you bring it up like that it always make reminds me i'm like oh yeah it's not just me being of service to other fucking recovering alcoholics it's like mm-hmm. the people around me in my life and shit i don't i forget that that the world is not populated by recovering alcoholics. <laughs> you know, that we're not all fucking drunks with a shady past. <laughs> right? You know, like, there's a bunch of people out there just living their lives and they gotta mow their fucking lawn, you know? Mm-hmm. And maybe, I don't know, whatever it is out there, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I forget that. And I think it helps, too, in, in whatever, especially if you have a job where you where you you work with people or, you, you know, you work with the public. I know for yeah. me, like, I don't always love what I do, but mm-hmm. if I am, if I have taken care of myself and if I have patience for people, I can better serve their needs, whether or not I think their needs are, you know, petty, stupid, dumb, ridiculous, right. unreasonable, any of they those. They probably th- are too, but, <laughs> but, you know, but if it's my job to service their needs, exactly, then it's my That's job. Funny. I feel the same way. There right? are a lot of times where I'm like, this is awful. This idea is awful. <laughs> These people have no aesthetics. Like, this is the fucking tattoo equivalent of a live, laugh, love poster. Which is fine if you're into that shit and whatever. Once uh-huh. again, no judgment. I'm just making an artistic judgment right. in my head. Like, it's not a fucking skeleton. Mm-hmm. I want to tattoo skeletons on people. But I, I'm doing a job. I'm here to provide a service. So I'm like, yeah, this will work. If this is what you're into, then let's fucking make let's it do happen. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I'll talk to you and be cool about it. Unless you don't want to talk, then I'll leave you the fuck alone. I'll talk to Jimmy. So uh, we're just going to need that deposit, and we'll get we'll get started right away, sir. So, yeah, before I even start drawing, I take a $60 deposit. It goes towards the price of the tattoo holds your place in line. I have that whole thing memorized, yeah, all of it. I can tell. It's good. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, man. Um, so I know, that, I know that you have to go, and I have to yeah. go as well. But right. um, I really uh, thank you for your patience. Your hey, time. thank you for being a friend. Thank you for being a friend up and down the yeah. road again. Thanks again for listening. Our music, as always, is by Neglect. You can find more of his stuff at neglect.bandcamp.com. And you can find us on all social media platforms that matter, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can reach us at aisforalcoholic at gmail.com. Talk to you later. Yeah. Yeah.